You're listening to Greetings from Austin. I'm Elisa. And I'm Jenny. We're here to share all things lifestyle, real estate, design, and more. As Austin natives and agents with combined 28 years experience, we're excited to bring you new episodes weekly. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Jenny. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Good. Today, we're talking about buying and selling a house at the same time. Whether you're looking to move into a bigger home or downsize, it can be a complicated process, and there is more than one way to get you to the end goal. So today we'll walk you through a few different ways to buy and sell in tandem. Our priority is always to make things as easy and simple as possible for our clients, taking into consideration their financial situation, timeline, and priorities. Each of these options has its pros and cons, so we'll go through each, touching on a few key points to keep in mind. Option one, buy a new house and list your previous home after moving out. So we both kind of feel like this is the easiest option, especially if you have kids or dogs. <laughs> that just makes things a lot harder for showings and such. Keep that in mind. You could have to invest more in staging with this option because you might decide to move your furniture out and need to put some things into the living room or primary bedroom. And there's no guarantee on how long you'll spend on the market and holding two properties. Option two, list your current home once under contract and look for a new home. So for this option, we recommend that you have a backup plan in place. You can't find the home you want or, you know, have issues with lining up the closings. It's a good idea to have maybe an option for a shorter lease term somewhere or short-term rental even just to get you from point A to point B. And then the other option is to try to negotiate a lease back and, you know, we can't guarantee that that will work out, but we do try to make it happen. Another thing to keep in mind is consider placing an offer as a contingency on the sale of your property. This could help you make this timeline work a little bit better. And then for this option, you don't have to worry about holding multiple properties. So let's say this is a big pro. I mean, sometimes that can be really stressful. We can't guarantee when your other property will sell. And so with this option, you might have a little bit more to juggle around in your timelines, but then you don't have to worry about holding that property for an unknown amount of time. Yes, there's pros and cons to it all. It's just which which ones are you comfortable with? Yeah, exactly. Option three, use the buy before you sell a program. So for this option, there are some added fees depending on the program, so keep that in mind. Also, you don't have to qualify for two mortgages for this. It's a little bit different than buying before you sell in a more traditional sense. You would lease your new property from the company and close on it once your previous property sells. Again, the fees involved and then the lease back and and all of that, it gets a little bit complicated, but they do have good systems in place to walk you through all of that. And then also, this is not a great option for all properties because of the market changes. I think it does work sometimes in certain neighborhoods or areas, and then other times, I don't think it would be a recommendation. I think it really just depends on the state of the, the state of the market. When we were in a crazy hot market, people were really concerned about not not being able to find a house, and they didn't want to sell their house before they found a house. So I think this was a great program to use for that, just to secure something to make sure yeah. that they were not homeless. But now the market's shifted a bit, and it still might be a great option, but other options might be better. Yeah, I agree. It definitely helped a lot of people get into homes for a while there. So yeah, it, it can be great. Just things to keep in mind if you decide to do this option. Yeah. 
And then keeping in mind, if the property doesn't sell in a certain time on the market, the house isn't purchased by the company that backed your your purchase of the new property. And it's usually for a lesser agreed upon price. So you could leave some money on the table with this option. Yeah, it's creating convenience for you, but there is a cost. Which sometimes it, it, it makes worth sense. It. Yeah. Correct. To get a house, to secure a house. Mm-hmm. Option four is buy new construction. So for this one, builder timelines are not always accurate. It's something I think you have to keep in mind if you're going to build a house and feel like this could be a good way for you to buy and sell at the same time. But you need to have some flexibility in there because there is really no guarantee for when they'll finish the house. And we're having fewer delays now, but we were having delays really often, sometimes really long months at a you know, months of delays. There were supply chain issues and labor issues. Uh Uh-huh. But those are, I think, a lot better now. I agree. You're often required to have your current house sold by a certain time to qualify or qualify for two mortgages. If you don't comply, your contract could be jeopardized. It really depends on the builder, but this is something that I see pretty often if you're building a spec home. And then be prepared with the backup option or even just stay ahead and sell and make your move a few months in advance and coordinate a short-term rental just because, again, the logistics of making sure the timeline works out can be difficult, especially if you don't qualify for both mortgages or don't want to keep both homes at the same time and have to you know, sell one before you move in and close on your new construction house. Yeah, and if you're building a big house, you might just want to go ahead and move out before you start the whole process. It might mm-hmm. be that you're in a rental for a year or two, but that might be the sacrifice you have to make in order to build that new home. Yeah. None of these options are simple. We get lots of questions when talking with clients, so we're going to answer some of the most common questions that we get. Okay, so number one question for this whole situation, I feel like, is what is a lease back? People don't really understand how that works or what it is. A lease back can be... Anywhere from a few days, a day or two, up to 90 days. That's um, what our contracts allow, what lenders typically allow. And in most cases, it is where the seller is leasing the home back from the buyer. So the buyer will go ahead and close on the property, and then the seller will still live there and stay there. And that really helps sellers. We've done this a lot in move up, move over, move down, where they're purchasing another home and they don't want to you know, purchase first. It, it's great because we get under contract on their house and within the option period, once everything is really solid, we, we get out there and we get real serious about looking for houses and we get under contract. And then we try to do a smooth close where, you know, they close, if they need the money from their previous house, they go ahead and close on their cell and then they lease back for, you know, a couple of weeks and then they're able to go ahead and move into that new home and then get out of their current home. It's, it's a great tool. It can be complicated, but if you have the right situation, the right people, it can be really great. Mm-hmm. And we do have a deposit. Typically it's, it can be anything, but the, the buyer, the, I'm sorry, the seller um, typically pays a deposit to, to the buyer just in case anything, you know, happens while they're there. Um, and then upon move out, if anything's damaged or anything's damaged while they're there, that is what that deposit is for. Mm-hmm. Just like your standard typical lease. Yes. Usually just a little bit less deposit wise. Right. It's it's really typically not much. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it should be more, but I mean, typically sellers are going to take great care of the house. They lived there and they care about Mm -hmm. it. 
Yeah. And it, it is nice. You get to go through and you get to see how they take care of their house already and how yeah. they live in it. So I think you can get a, a good idea of pride of ownership. Right. And there might be some situations where you don't feel comfortable even doing one. I mean, maybe it's just the wrong people and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely had that at least once yeah. or twice where we decided it wasn't the best option. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Got to listen to your intuition there. Uh-huh. Okay. So next question, what if I want to use proceeds from my sell on my purchase? If you want to use the proceeds for your purchase, then you would need to sell your house first and close. Is the normal option. There are options such as recasting that you could try as well. And that's where your loan, you have the same, you use one loan. And then once you put more money down after closing, it recasts incorporating that extra down payment. Mm -hmm. And I think there are other options too, too. It really depends on the lender that you're working with. If you want to use a unique option for your lending so that you can use the proceeds, talk with your lender or talk to a couple, get on the phone don't necessarily submit applications, but right. yeah, I make mean, some phone calls. We've even had people use like bridge loans or, mm-hmm. or pulled equity out of their current house. It's not ideal, but yeah. I, I definitely, people have done it. Uh-huh. I mean, it's nice when you can go ahead and move and uh, not have to have that many, not have to have everything happen perfect for it to be smooth. Yeah. You know, it, it just goes to show too that you have more than just like a buy before you sell option. Mm-hmm. Look at what that would cost you and then what a different lending option might cost you Mm -hmm. make the best decision for you. Okay. Next question. How do you find a short-term rental option? So we try to do the lease back and use that tool to make a smooth move, but it doesn't always happen that way. So you might have to move. We call it moving twice or Hopefully not three times, right. <laughs> but Airbnbs are great solutions. You go on HomeAway or Airbnb and furnished rentals would be a great option. If you need something a little bit longer, like three to six months, apartments are great for that. And then like normal leases are typically a year for houses. So if you're not willing to commit to that, then I would say stay away from anything that's a year it just might limit your options on if you found that right house and you're still in that long lease. Just be sure and check the lease agreement because say your house is not ready and it, it goes into month to month, you'll want to know what that rent is going to increase to. Mm-hmm. I definitely had that happen to me when we lived downtown in, in an apartment while I was building our house. It did transfer to month to month and it got very expensive. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like it really varies on that. Sometimes it's an extra $100, $200, mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's like a huge increase. It might have been 1000 or 1500 yeah. extra a month uh-huh. <laughs> on an already high lease. So yeah. just, yeah, just make sure you know all the terms and really just plan for if you're remodeling or building or something, definitely plan for longer. Mm-hmm. A month-to-month option is great. Just watch out for those terms. Yeah. I recently heard from someone that they wanted to do a longer term Airbnb rental and they actually ended up just reaching out to the owner and Mm -hmm. asking if they would be interested in leasing to them for a longer term and if they could work out a Mm -hmm. different rental rate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people would be interested in that because instead of like turn and burn lots of different renters for more money, you know, every time there's a cleaning fee and just the risk of having all those people, I think some people would prefer to have a longer term Mm -hmm. tenant for a little bit less. Yeah. Especially if the timeline works for them, maybe they don't use the property a bunch or it's not on their calendar to use it at the Mm -hmm. time. I think it's a great idea to reach out directly and ask about it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay. Next question. 
Do I have to stage my house to sell it? No, the answer is you do not have to, Mm -hmm. but we do highly recommend it. It it really just depends on the market. Back before when things were going crazy, that not much staging was involved. But now that the market is just more normal, we just think that, you know, definitely standing out from the crowd is is the best thing. And people want to walk into a house that shows well. And, you know, it really, it just, it will make you more money and make your life easier at the end of the day. We just think it's really important. Uh-huh. And I feel like it depends on the house, the neighborhood, True. the price point. True. It, all of that. If it's like a major remodeled project or if it's a teardown, then of course not. We're not going to recommend that. And at the end of the day, you don't have to do it. But we mm-hmm. just, we want the best for you. And um, we include the staging in our services. And we just want you to get the best. Mm-hmm. Or we include a staging consultation. True. If you want to do full staging on your yes. house. That's different. Yes. It does get really expensive. Yes. So I know, I feel like some people even choose to leave a couple of furniture items mm-hmm. at their, their previous home and just kind of do without it for a little bit mm-hmm. at their new house just to, to leave Definitely. something there. Yeah. Or maybe they have plans to sell it and buy new stuff for their new house mm-hmm. because it is pretty expensive to do a full stage. Yeah. I've had people spend eight to $10,000 um, on staging their home. Not always, not always suggested for that, but definitely if if you have stuff in your own stuff in your house, then we highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. Okay. Next up, what's a contingent offer? Can you explain that to us? Yeah. A contingent offer is when you need to sell your house first in order to qualify for the mortgage on that next house. So right now I would say it it's a lot more accepted. It really just depends on the market. If the market's really hot, you're not really going to see contingencies, but now we're in a more even market and we're seeing more. And I think it's a great tool to use to you know buy that second house. Just be aware that you'll get under contract, but you are contingent on another offer. So if another buyer comes in, they can kick you out of that deal. So you will get in the, in the addendum, it'll say like how many you guys will agree on how many days notice, but the seller will have to give you notice. Hey, we got another offer. Do you still want to purchase this property? And at that point you would have to make sure with a lender that you can qualify and you would have to, you know, let go of the contingency. Um, and and if, if you can't, qualify or you're not comfortable, then you would need to let go of the property. Mm -hmm. And that's where sometimes I think it's a good conversation to have, even if it's not your plan, just to know what your response might be if that happens. Mm -hmm. That way you're not trying to talk with lenders and get information when you have that timeline and you could risk losing a house that maybe you really want. True. Yeah. I mean, we always tell people, be prepared, talk to the lender, just know if you can or you can't and just know that in your head. Luckily, I mean, I've, I've had some good experiences where it worked out great and I was surprised. Mm -hmm. I really thought, you know, we'd be kicked out, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great tool in the Mm -hmm. right market. Yeah. I think we're moving, we're moving into that market every day Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I think we're there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. Next question. Are uh, buy before you sell options still a good idea in today's market? So there's companies that will help you purchase that next house before you sell your house. And it really just depends on the house and the area and your comfort level. But right now with the market, you just won't know what you're going to have, what proceeds you're going to have 
from that sale until you actually get a contract on, on your house. So I would want to know if, if I was to do this program, you know, what they would buy it for, you know, you might leave, leave money on the table, but if, if it offers you more convenience, then it could be a good option for you. And it does cost all of these, you know, again, pros and cons and, and everything, and they have different costs to each of them, but we can sit down and explain and go through all of that and see what best fits your situation. Mm-hmm. Something I think is really interesting that a lot of people maybe don't realize up front is that when you use a buy before you sell program, a lot of times they're very much involved in the process of selling your house. And even you have to decide with them on a list price. And if you want to make a reduction, you have to talk to them first. They're, they become very much a part of the whole process. And so... Yeah, I personally don't have an experience with that, so I can't really talk, but you can. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it's just something to keep in mind. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize they think you know they can just go in, do this transaction, and it's not necessarily a bad thing that they get involved. It's just something to be aware of that mm-hmm. you might want to do a reduction, and they might not agree. So you have you know you just have more hoops mm-hmm. to jump through. Yeah. So just do a lot of research, I think, before mm-hmm. deciding if that option is really best for you. All right. Well, that is it. That covers all of our common questions that we get asked and just some of the different ways that you can buy and sell at the same time and be successful and try to keep it stress-free. So if you would like more information when it comes to buying and selling a home, go listen to episodes 15 and 16, where we cover the processes of buying and selling in more detail. If you have questions about buying and or selling and want to chat, please reach out. We cover Austin and surrounding areas, but we also have an extensive agent referral network and we can connect you with an agent wherever you're at. We hope you're enjoying the show and would love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and leave us a positive rating and review. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a real estate question you'd like for us to answer, all of our contact information is in the show notes. If you aren't in the Austin area and need to be connected with a real estate professional where you are, we can help with that too. So send us a message. We're located in the Austin area and licensed in Texas under Realty Austin. While some of this information can apply to where you live, be sure and talk to a local agent in your area. Visit the show notes for more information and additional disclosures.